Here we go. The Big 12 football season is upon us. Week one is right around the corner. My goodness, it's here. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you, as always, for joining us as we get you set for the season. I can't stop smiling if you're watching on YouTube because after a long offseason, what was a great offseason, by the way, for the Big 12 with the expansion, the four new teams coming in officially, four new teams coming in next year as well. Uh, this is as exciting a time as there has been for this conference, and we've been doing this now for, gosh, we're entering nine years of doing this at Heartland College Sports. I never could have ever guessed, hoped, prayed that this would turn into what it's become. It's because of you, and I can't thank you enough for doing that. And now it's time to give you my season predictions for the Big 12 Conference as uh, we go from, do you want me to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Do I start at the bottom? You know what? All right. I should probably start at the bottom, right? Or do you want me to start at the top? Give me a, Let me know on YouTube Live what you think. Do I start at the top or do I start at the bottom? I probably should start at the top. I don't want to bury the lead on you here. Um, let me give you the team that I think is going to win. Oh, okay. Bottom to top. All right. Fine. I'm overruled. I'm overruled. We're going bottom to top. As we give you the Big 12 season predictions, I've got all my notes here. You can see on my scribble if you're on YouTube. Uh, if you just looked at that, then you cheated on my rankings. But anyway, let's start at the bottom. Uh, finishing in last place in the Big 12 this season, I've got Cincinnati. Now, one thing I look at is how many starters are returning. That's not everything in college football anymore because of the transfer portal. But it still gives you a good idea of where exactly a program is. And obviously, Luke Fickle leaving is a huge blow for Cincinnati. Only nine starters are coming back. Scott Satterfield's got his hands full. And I'm going to give you some pros and cons for each team. That's what I'll do as I go bottom to top on this. So uh, you got to like what Cincinnati has in the defensive line. Between Braggs and Phillips, you got two studs on the D-line. you got some guys that are going to make a lot of noise on that D-line. So you got to like that. Same thing, linebacker position, not as strong, but the front seven for Cincinnati is not going to be the problem by any stretch of the imagination. Meantime, uh, you also don't like, what do you not like for Cincinnati? The wide receiver position. Lost their top eight pass catchers from last season. That's brutal. You have an offensive line that only returns 20 FBS starts combined that's as bad as any in the Big 12 by a mile. Uh, defensive backs, I mean, uh, there are some issues there as well. And then is Emory Jones your savior? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Um, I would be hard-pressed to believe that he will be, but I suppose it's possible. And the schedule for Cincinnati, welcome to the Big 12. The schedule is brutal. You start against OU. Then you travel across the country to BYU. Then you get a feisty Iowa State team at home. You get Baylor at home, at Oklahoma State, against UCF, at Houston, at West Virginia versus Kansas. I mean, you know, it's, it's not an easy schedule. Now, it could be tougher. I'm not going to lie. It could be tougher. But you're making that jump, AAC to Big 12, Boy, that's, that's tough sledding for Cincinnati. So I've got Cincinnati coming in last place in the Big 12 this year. Uh, second to last, I've got the Houston Cougars coming in second to last. Only 12 starters are coming back. What do I like about this team? I like the running backs. 
No doubt about it. Tony Mathis, you may know that name from his time at West Virginia. He is back in the saddle. So Tony Mathis is at Houston this year. There's a lot of depth at that running back position. Um, Offensive line, I like that as well. But here's the thing. um, There's a lot of cons. Donovan Smith's your quarterback. Now, Donovan Smith did some good things at Texas Tech. I don't have a problem with Donovan Smith per se, but Donovan Smith trying to win Big 12 games with the talent that is not up to Big 12 standards, that's not where I like Donovan Smith. I don't love Donovan Smith trying to quarterback a Big 12 team without Big 12 talent and depth that Houston needs to compete. I don't think they have it yet. A lot of transfers in the defensive backfield as well. Um, You're losing some studs, All-American at wide receiver in Dell. So there's a lot of pieces that Dana Holgerson has to replace. And a lot of guys, now the wide receivers could be good. There's a lot of talent there. But you're talking about a new transfer quarterback in a new system with a brand new group of wide receivers and an offensive line that is suspect at best. That makes for a difficult slog for Houston in their first year in the Big 12 Conference. So I've got Houston finishing 13th out of 14 in the Big 12 here this year. At number 12 in the Big 12 this year, Iowa State. I mean, we know what this offseason has been like for the Iowa State Cyclones off the field with the gambling. And I know Iowa State fans are going to sit there and they're going to say, well, we've been preparing for this. We knew this was coming. Iowa State, you know, knew all along that a lot of these guys were not going to be a part of the team, were going to be gone, whatever it might be. Maybe so. But, man, I mean, last year, this team was in no position, offensively especially, to win Big 12 games. It was Matt Campbell's worst year since he got to Iowa State, right? So now I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, okay, in a year in the Big 12 that's going to be incredibly unpredictable, What do I like about Iowa State? Like, I'm trying to find a reason to want to like Iowa State. But when the number one reason I like Iowa State is the fact that they've got a chip on their shoulder. And when everyone's discounting Matt Campbell's teams, that's when he does the best. When that's the best thing I can find about a team, I don't know if I really like that team, to be honest. Now, the offensive line, four or five starters are back. That's a good situation. You got to like that. 86 starts overall from those four guys. Okay, they got to make improvements, though, because it wasn't all that good last year a lot of times. Um, defensive backfield, uh, you like the fact that everybody but Anthony Johnson's coming back. Okay, that's good for Iowa State. So you like those things, right? I'm, I'm good with that. But then the cons. What are we doing at quarterback? Even if, you know, just throw it out there. What are you doing at quarterback? And you can sell me on anybody, but I can't sit here and tell you they're going to win you Big 12 games this year. I can't do it. The front seven lost a lot of pieces led by Will McDonald. The special teams has been a disaster. I mean, if there's one thing that you can really be critical for with Matt Campbell during his time at Iowa State, it's the special teams. And, you know, this team blew four fourth-quarter leads last year. Now, you know, do I think they're going to win one game in the Big 12? No, I I don't. But I've got them finishing 12th based on um, what I see this team being and what I think this conference is ultimately going to be as well. So I've got Iowa State finishing 12th place in the conference. Uh, At 11th, 
in the Big 12 this year. I've got the Baylor Bears finishing 11th in the Big 12 at a 14. A lot of people are much higher on Baylor than I am. I'm not as high on Baylor as a lot of these so-called experts. Um, And I use that term very loosely in case you can't see me on YouTube using my air quotes. But uh, Baylor, I like the skill positions. I like Reese and Jones in the backfield. I like the wide receivers. But on the other side of the ball, I don't love Blake Shapin at quarterback. I mean, maybe Blake Shapin makes the Will Howard jump from, you know, first year starting to second year or whatever, but I'm not a big Blake Shapin guy. Last year, Blake Shapin had incredible skill position players and what should have been one of the best offensive lines in the Big 12, and he was mediocre at best. Meantime, you do have four starters gone from the offensive line for Baylor. Uh, Defensive line is questions. You only got one guy back in the defensive backfield as well. So I know Dave Aranda's bread and butter is going to be defense, but there's a lot of new faces on that side of the ball that have me worrying about what Baylor can really do this year. So I'm, uh, I am not on, I don't, I don't want to say there's a Baylor bandwagon, but a lot of people are much higher on Baylor than I am. And I'm not in that space at all. 10th in the Big 12. Maybe a bit of a surprise for some of you, but I've got West Virginia finishing 10th in the Big 12. Now, that's probably not enough to save Neil Brown's job, but I've got him at 10th. they got an offensive line that brings back five starters, 133 starts. You have a uh, backfield led by C.J. Donaldson. He got banged up last year, but he was one of the best freshmen in the country until he got hurt. Love that backfield. Linebacker core is solid. Um, the schedule as well, the motivation around Neil Brown, don't discount those things. I'm not saying they're going to beat Penn State in week one or anything like that, but um, if they get off to a hot start in Big 12 play, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, three Texas schools right out of the gates, who knows? Uh, Anybody's guess. Now, what are my issues for West Virginia? The quarterback position, the wide receiver position, top four of those guys are gone. Defensive line, you lose a guy like Dante Stills, you don't replace him overnight. I mean, he was a stalwart on that defensive line for years for West Virginia, and I believe an underappreciated player. So uh, there are a lot of issues for the Mountaineers, but if they hit on some of these transfer portal guys that they think they're going to hit on, I think West Virginia will at least not finish near the very bottom of uh, the Big 12. At ninth in the Big 12, I've got BYU. 15 starters are back. From everything I'm hearing, right, everything I'm hearing about Keaton Slovis, quarterback for BYU, they love that guy out there. I mean, I've heard it from multiple people. You've heard it from people on this show. Josh Pate was mentioning it last week on this show. Defensive line, you got five of your top seven guys back there. Um, The schedule as well for BYU is fairly forgiving. And by that, I mean, first off, having the home games there is going to be uh, a huge boost because these Big 12 teams have not played at BYU. You're going to have an elevation, too, a little bit higher. So all these things are noteworthy as you look at what BYU brings to the table. And out of the gates, BYU at Kansas, home to Cincinnati, at TCU versus Texas Tech. I mean, you know, if you can go 2-2 two and two out of the gates in those four games— Maybe BYU can make a little noise in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, issues I've got for BYU. Defensive backs, they got injured last year. They were brutal outside the top 100. A lot of question marks there going into this year. Um, the skill position potential is there via the transfer portal. 
However, they got to prove it. The offensive line is losing a ton of guys, but there's also a lot of transfer portal talent on the offensive line for BYU. So it's something to keep an eye on. But those guys have to mesh. They've got to gel, and that could take some time as the season moves along. So BYU may be a second-half team to watch. Might struggle out of the gates. We'll have to see how this all comes together for them. Um, Finishing eighth in the Big 12 as I count it down from worst to first in the Big 12 this year. At number eight, I've got uh, TCU. Now, they made the run to the national championship last year, but I... (laughs) Gosh, they are missing so many guys. They've only got 10 starters coming back, a couple of guys on offense. It's a brand-new team. And um, if you want to look at the good for TCU, it's the defensive line depth, linebackers, six of the top seven linebackers are back, three of the top four defensive backs are back. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson is obviously gone. He's off to the NFL, but you know they, they've got a, a bunch of obviously really good guys who are back in the saddle for, for TCU. Um, on that defense. So I'm not too worried about the defense, and maybe I shouldn't be worried about the offense either. Now, Kendall Bryles, of course, is in charge, but what is Chandler Morris? I mean, I, I, I think he's good. He beat out Max Duggan for the starting job last year, and then obviously the injury leads to Duggan coming in and going to a, you know, becoming a Heisman uh, finalist in just a crazy year. But do we really know what Chandler Morris is? I've got questions there. Um, what the offense is going to come down to for TCU is really the Alabama transfers. There are three key Alabama transfers to watch. Wide receiver JoJo Earl. Uh, you got Sanders at running back. And then Brockmeyer on the offensive line. You have three Alabama transfers that are hoping to make their impact on the TCU offense. If they do, then this is going to look like a bad prediction. TCU will finish top you know, four in the Big 12. If they don't work out for whatever reason, if they can't gel an offense, then my eighth prediction might be generous when all is said and done. So we're halfway there. Now for the top half of the Big 12, I've got Kansas coming in at seven. Now, love the quarterback and Jalen Daniels. You got your top eight wide receivers back. The offensive line returns four starters. Uh Defensive backfield is great. The running back position led by Devin Neal is outstanding. There's a lot to like about what Kansas is bringing back to the table this year. I think they're being overlooked by a lot of people. 17 starters are back. I think it's 9 or 10 on the offense. The issues I've got are the front seven. The defensive line, all new. Linebackers against the run were bad last year. I've got issues there again. Um some question marks on, on special teams, but you hope a guy like Sean Snyder can help fix that. It's weird to see Sean Snyder with KU football, but we'll worry about that as the games begin. But I think KU is going to be a top half of the Big 12 team when all is said and done. At number six, Travis asking on YouTube Live if I'm putting UT in the number one spot. Travis, how much have you been drinking, buddy? I hope that answers your question. Uh, at number six, In the uh, Big 12 predictions for the season, I got my trusty notebook here, so this is what I'm going towards and going through. UCF at six. Maybe the surprise. UCF at six. Love the quarterback. Really like the entire offense. Uh, The entire offense for UCF, I like a lot. 
Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line is 126 starts back. They got depth on that uh, O-line. UCF, to me, could is going to be the surprise in the Big 12 for a lot of people this year. Defensive line has a couple of all-AAC guys coming back onto the team this year. I have questions about the back end of the defense, like linebacker. However, Rian Davis, Georgia transfer, could completely transform that linebacking core and could really help solidify that defense. So I've got UCF at six. At fifth in the Big 12 this year, I've got OU. The Sooners will finish fifth in the Big 12 this season. The defensive line is great. The running back position is very good. The offensive line, uh, Bendon Ball always does a good job with that unit. I trust him a lot. So that's what I like about this team. I like him in the trenches. But what are my issues? Defensive back, losing the top seven guys, or five of the top seven guys. Uh, Linebacking core, I've got questions there. Quarterback, I mean, Dylan Gabriel. Hey, he had moments. He's not the reason they were 500 last year, but I think OU fans still are of that mindset that they just have, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Kyler Murray into uh, Caleb Williams. And Dylan Gabriel's not of that mold. He's just not. Not that he can't put up points. He will in this offense, but I, you know, is he the best quarterback in the Big 12? No. I would say he's not top three. So, and plus... They don't have a go-to wide receiver yet, and also it's OU, and I'll explain more of what I mean by that when I get to Texas here coming up. Number four in the Big 12 this year. Maybe this will be the shocker for some of you. Oklahoma State. I've got Oklahoma State finishing fourth in the Big 12 this season. Now, a lot of people don't, but here's the thing. When you count Mike Gundy out, that's when he blows you away and does something nobody sees coming. The schedule is as good as it gets in the Big 12 this year for Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy and uh, Oklahoma State travel to Iowa State to open up the season. They get K-State and KU at home in back-to-back weeks. Not that K-State's an easy game. I'll get to that. But they get them back-to-back at home. They go to West Virginia, home to Cincinnati. Two very winnable games there. right? So you're looking at potentially 4-1 and one if they drop either the KU or K-State game. Then they've got Bedlam at home. That could be a one-loss team entering November. Then you've got Oklahoma at home for Bedlam, at UCF, at Houston, home to BYU. They avoid Texas, they avoid Texas Tech, and they avoid TCU. The schedule is very favorable for Oklahoma State. At number three, I've got the Texas Longhorns. Yes, they've got the most talent in the Big 12. Offensive line is great. All right? I mean, it's you got a quarterback who I think is good, but I'm not buying into the Quinn Ewers hype that a lot of people are just yet. i got to see more there. Um, skill positions are outstanding. Defensive line is all the talent you could hope for. Uh, I've got question marks on the back end of the defense, and ultimately it's Texas. And a couple things by that. One... You look at this Texas team and you say, okay, it's got all the talent in the world. Great. Every other Texas team for the better part of 15 years has had the most talent in the Big 12. And what has it gotten them? A goose egg. A goose egg of Big 12 titles over going on 15 years. And now here they are, last year in the Big 12 conference, the final year that they will be in the Big 12. 
And this is what you cannot quantify. I've asked every guest I've had on this offseason this question. How do you quantify that every player that plays OU in Texas is going to think about this game, not just about facing the blue blood, but this is the game they're going to tell their grandkids about. This will be the game when they're 70 on the porch with grandkids running around the front lawn. They're thinking about the time that they beat OU or they beat Texas in their last year in the Big 12. These are the games that these guys, most of whom will never see an NFL field, are going to remember. And you can't quantify it, but if you don't think it's real, you haven't watched enough sports. It is real, and it will be real again this season. And that's why I cannot pick Oklahoma and Texas despite the talent and everyone's on the Texas bandwagon. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're making a Big 12 title game this season because of this unquantifiable thing that is indisputable that college kids always get up for. And if you don't think the coaching staff is going to use this beyond the usual, hey, we're playing Texas, hey, we're playing OU, then you also don't know the sport. You just don't. I can't put either of these teams in the conference title game. I can't. If it was just on talent, I would have had Texas in the title game for the last, you know, since the Big 12 title game came back. (laughs) But why would I do that? Especially in the last year. Talent's never been the issue at Texas. So for all these people like, Texas is back. Look how talented they are. Like, (laughs) What, they haven't been recruiting top 10 classes for several years now for the most part? Please. I, I just can't do it, and I'm not going to do it. No way in hell. So who am I putting in the Big 12 title game then? As we count down my uh, Big 12 preseason predictions, well, if you've been following along, there are two teams left. Kansas State and Texas Tech will be playing for a Big 12 championship in Arlington at Jerry World in December. And I've got Kansas State reigning once again as Big 12 football champions, repeating as back-to-back champs in the Big 12. Let's start with Texas Tech, who I think will be runner-up. They got 17 starters coming back. The offensive line is returning everybody but one. 142 combined starts on that O-line. It's incredible. The uh, running backs, the backfield of, of uh, led by Brooks is, is really in a strong place right now. I think that everyone thinks about, oh, Texas Tech slinging the ball around. I uh, believe they ran the ball more than they passed the ball last year, believe it or not. I think that's going to continue this year. Wide receivers, enormous skill there. Uh, and then uh, here's the thing. Texas Tech, I'm not saying they got the best quarterback in the Big 12, but they got the deepest quarterback room in the Big 12. So even if Tyler Shuck is a guy who gets banged up again, I feel very good about where that quarterback room is at. So it's not like they're a Tyler Shuck injury away from not competing. That's not true. Now, the issues, some of the concerns, uh, special teams, linebacker, that's where I have question marks for Texas Tech. But I love Joey McGuire. I love what he's building, and I think that they're going to be a year ahead of schedule and punch their ticket to a Big 12 championship game this season. And uh, you really you can't ask for a better schedule either for Texas Tech. At West Virginia versus Houston, 
at Baylor to open up Big 12 play. You get K-State at home. You get TCU at home. Um, you know, it could come down to that Black Friday game at Texas on November 24th. That could be a game that decides which one of those two teams ultimately ends up playing for a Big 12 championship. That would not shock me one bit. And then Kansas State. You know, I've got Kansas State repeating as Big 12 champs. First off, what is football about? Football is about the quarterback position and the trenches. And if I have to win one game in the Big 12 this year, I want Will Howard to be my quarterback. And I want Kansas State's offensive line. That's the other thing I want. I want Kansas State's offensive line that has its top eight guys back in the saddle. And top of that, you have eight offensive starters in general back. I know Deuce Vaughn is gone, but too many people are sleeping on Kansas State because, oh, well, Deuce Vaughn is gone. No, he's great. He was great. I think he's a steal for the Dallas Cowboys. But, man, that offense was more than just Deuce Vaughn last year, and you're going to see it be more. It will prove to be more than just Deuce Vaughn when they take the field this year. And it will be Will Howard, the confidence he's gained, and that great offensive line that is one of the best in the country. Uh, The first half of the schedule as well is very favorable for Kansas State. I mean, they're going to rip this thing to shreds out of the gates. UCF at Oklahoma State at Texas Tech versus TCU. Um, It's tough. Don't get me wrong. But then on the back end, it starts to ease up a little bit. So really, I've got my notes here. Excuse me, I'm, I'm misreading my notes. So let me start that again when it comes to the schedule. The back half of the schedule is where it eases up. It's tough to open it up when you go to Oklahoma State and then to Texas Tech. But on the back end, Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State to close the season for uh, Kansas State that is very manageable on the back end for the Wildcats. And it's going to be a game here or a game there that decides who makes the Big 12 championship. Now, some of my issues, defensive backfield, uh, Brents is gone, Boydo's gone, Hayes is gone. Three of those guys are obviously gone for Kansas State. So I've got some issues on the back end there for the Wildcats. And then meantime, at the running back position, also some questions as well. But overall, there's a lot to like about what is happening here for the Kansas State Wildcats. So all in all, I am all in on Kansas State. I think that they are going to repeat as Big 12 champs, and it is going to be a very exciting Big 12 season. So let's run it down again, 1 through 14. I've got K-State at 1, Texas Tech at 2, Texas at 3, Oklahoma State at 4, OU at 5, UCF at 6, Kansas at 7, TCU is 8, BYU 9, West Virginia at 10, Baylor at 11, Iowa State is 12th, Houston 13, and Cincinnati comes in at 14. There you go, guys. I appreciate you being here. As always, hit that subscribe button. You'll get a free Heartland College Sports Koozie when you do that. We so appreciate you being here. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review before the season starts to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll hook you up with one of these free koozies. So appreciate you doing that. Have a great rest of your day. The season's here. Week one is upon us, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Hit that subscribe button and take care.